podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, 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 lovers, pleasure seekers, brave and courageous women. How are you all doing today? How are you feeling after last week? I know a number of you reached out to me and just talked to me about the episode of last week, bringing up trauma And I appreciate all of your comments and your love and really just your courage to be like, you know what, I am going to take a look at this and do something about this. It warms my heart to think of all of you brave women out there that are doing the work to be able to like reconnect with your body in a pleasurable way. It's such amazing growth and amazing work. Before we get started on this episode today, I wanted to share with you the most incredible (laughs) thing that I've created for all of you. So I mentioned last week that I'm doing this drawing for the Sensational Sex Starter Kit, but I was talking with my fabulous assistant and we came up with an even better idea. And so right now we are putting together hand-picked items for the most delicious, sexy gift box you can imagine. These are premium products that I swear by that I absolutely love. And they're from, you know, maybe some sexy time products to self-care products to just things that allow you to really just connect with yourself in a sensual and loving way. And Yeah, I'm putting this gift box together and I'm so excited. So basically, all you need to do to be eligible to win this box is to write a review on iTunes. Um, A number of you have already done that. Thank you for that. And anybody who enters is automatically going to get this sensational sex starter kit. And in this starter kit, I've put together a workbook for you, meditation, some instructional videos, everything that you need to begin your journey of your sexual growth, of becoming a turned on woman and beginning to have so much better sex than you're having right now. So (laughs) every single person who, you know, emails us will get this starter kit. And then I think mid to December, we'll do a drawing for the gift box and you can be anywhere in the world and we're going to put it and package it all up and send this gift box out to you. So all you have to do again, write a review, an honest review on iTunes podcast on their website and snapshot that you did the review, send it to team at daniellesavory.com and we will send you back the sensational sex starter kit and you'll automatically be entered for this delicious, amazing, sensational gift box. Okay, so let's get started today. So this is part two of what we began to talk about last week, which is the sexual trauma. And if you haven't yet, I would really encourage you to go and listen to that episode first before you do that. And 
I, again, I just want to reiterate how proud I am for all of you taking the time to listen to this, taking the time and just the willingness to go there. We truly can't expect to feel freedom in the bedroom and as a turned on woman in our lives if we're weighed down by past trauma and all the emotions that come with past trauma. I went through Martha Beck's life coach training a number of years ago, and this is one of the certifications that I went through to become a life coach. And one of the things that we talked about often in this training and certification program was the idea of shackles, like the, you know, like the shackles that you would wear if you were incarcerated back in the day, like these long, heavy chains and what it feels like, you know, to have your shackles on, feeling weighed down in your life, feeling like this heaviness in your body, and then, you know, shackles off the freedom and the liberation. And this is really what I feel like we're doing when we go through and take a look at the emotions that are coming up in response to trauma and to trauma ourselves, right? We are taking the shackles off. We are removing ourselves from this weighed down chain feeling that maybe you haven't even been able to put a thumb on in the past. And now you have some awareness around and really freeing yourself. It's that feeling of liberation. And that that is what allows you to show up in the bedroom, being able to feel pleasure, being able to feel free, being able to feel liberated in your sexuality is when you really begin the process of unshackling yourself. Now, as I mentioned last episode, and in again in this episode, my promise to you in this you know, talk that I'm doing with you now is that I'm not going to mention any details about any sexual trauma. So don't worry, I'm not going to go into any details about anything. But if you do find yourself getting triggered, and I use triggered in a very broad sense, because a lot of us, anytime trauma comes up, anytime an uncomfortable conversation topic comes up, you might feel a triggering in your body. You might feel that sweatiness or your heart racing or kind of a clenching or a tightening in your body. And that's okay. But if you're feeling like so triggered your memories or something else is coming into you, remember to put your hand on your heart and ground yourself wherever you're at. Take a look around, notice the color of the paint on the walls, notice perhaps a tree or a plant that you see, take deep breaths, remind yourself in this moment, I'm totally okay. It's okay. Be on your own side and really support yourself. I don't anticipate, especially with this episode, any of that coming up. But if you do remember with all of this, just being on your own side, breathing deeply into it, reminding yourself that you're okay, that this response is natural when something in us has been triggered, whether that's a memory or just simply talking about it, it's triggering that visceral response in your body. Okay, so... Sexual trauma comes in so many forms, right? That's what we talked about a lot in the last episode. The big T's, the big traumas, rape, sexual abuse, and also the smaller T's, the way that we as women in this world are traumatized for our sexuality. Things like the slut shaming based on something you wear, being told that touching yourself, touching your own beautiful body is wrong or sinful, comparing your worthiness of being loved based on society's standards, right? Of what beautiful and what sexy is. These are all small traumas and it's nonsense. No wonder it takes us so 
long to be able to enjoy sex if we enjoy it at all, or it makes it so much more difficult because we are constantly bombarded by these smaller traumas, if not also the bigger traumas. And it really takes us away from even being able to access what we really, really truly want. This is that way down feeling. We're literally carrying this baggage around and I want you to know you don't have to. So I read this article I don't know, a number of years ago, and I'm going to kind of butcher it as I do with most of the stories that I retell because I haven't read it recently. But there was this statue that was of the Buddha and it was, I want to say it was in Tibet, but I could be totally wrong. So it was outside one of the places, uh, one of the shrines where the monks would go. And it's this huge statue. It's like 30 or 40 feet tall or something like this. And More recently, like in modern times, again, recent is comparative because I don't really know when the story came out. But anyway, more recently, this uh, one of the monks was cleaning the Buddha and noticed there was a little chipping and some of the outside exterior of the statue was coming off. And as they started to kind of look at it, they noticed that there was something shiny underneath. So the monk did a little bit more digging and realized that underneath this exterior that was like a brown, almost like a clay-like sort of material, it looked like there was goldenness under there. And what they found as they began to like unpeel all of this exterior layer of this Buddha statue, it was a solid gold Buddha. It was actually this huge, large, solid gold Buddha statue that had been covered up to prevent it from being confiscated. It was it was during some war or during some battle or something like that. So they wanted, the monks wanted to preserve it and not get it stolen and not get it taken away from their shrine. So they covered it up and made it look like it was made out of this very cheap material when in fact there was a golden Buddha. Now, what's the point of me telling you this story? Because this is how I feel that we are deep down inside of us. When we're working on our sexual growth, when we're coming back to our playfulness and our pleasure and our desire, and just like that delicious vitality, I believe this is who we all truly are at the core. When you look at children and the way that they just are delightful and delight in play and delight in pleasure, and they're so in touch and in tune with their sensuality, and what I mean by that is in touch with their senses, you can see this. You can see this like love and vibrancy in life. And as we go through our life, trauma or not, this is when we start to get weighed down. This is when our experiences start to put that clay-like material just like it was put on top of this golden Buddha. And doing this work, showing up and doing the work around your growth is peeling back the layers and layers to let it shine through. So oftentimes I hear from clients like, okay, well, how can I just, you know, get more turned on? How can I amplify that part of me. And really what I found, it's less so much of like inserting something into our lives, making ourselves be this way, where really it's just uncovering. It's like releasing and liberating that true nature that's underneath. And I wanted to share that because I think that it's such a beautiful visual and it's a visual I like to come back to more and more that even though it might feel like a little bit scary or a little bit of a struggle, 
as I just start chipping away, as I start removing, you know, an old story or an old narrative or being present with a sensation of a difficult emotion in my body, I'm letting that like golden statue inside of me, that golden nature of who I am really begin to shine out. So (laughs) story time is not over because I have another story. (laughs) This is going to be a lot of metaphors and a lot of stories because it helps us really understand what's going on. So this is actually, as you, as many of you know, my background is in philosophy and a focus on Buddhist psychology. So a lot of the stories that I'm going to bring to you is from my mindfulness and meditation background. And this is another one. So as we're going through this work, as we're thinking about this, as we're thinking about uncovering and showing up in that, you know, full golden glory out into the world, one of the things we also have to take into mind is the suffering and the pain in life. You might have heard the saying that something like pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. This is really what I like to think about, especially when we're facing something like trauma. The back in Buddhist tradition, they have this saying, and it's talking about the arrows or the darts that we throw, the arrows or the darts that we throw ourselves that take it from this place of pain to this place of suffering. And the idea behind this in one of the legends that the Buddha said to his disciples was that as you know, you're walking through life, you might come across and you get shot by an arrow or a dart. Again, I don't really know where this is coming from. When I'm walking through life, I don't get shot by arrows or darts. Anyway, you get shot by an arrow or a dart and that's going to hurt. This is the normal pain that comes with being a human being living on this planet. That's that first dart. that's, That's that arrow that you're shot with, right? That's an illness. That's a natural disaster. That's rejection. These are the normal things that we're going to come across being a human being. However, what happens is oftentimes what he said is like if a warrior is shot with an arrow, if a warrior gets shot first with an arrow, that hurts. But then if it gets shot with another arrow and another arrow and another arrow, and pretty soon there's all these arrows that are sticking out of this warrior, that's when the warrior falls. That's when he falls to the ground because this is when the suffering happens. And the suffering is going to be much more extreme when you have 50 arrows in you than when you have just the one. And this is what we do as human beings. We go through our life, we go through the world, and we have these things that happen. That's that first start, this first arrow. If you're familiar with the idea of clean pain and dirty pain in Western psychology, it's it's the same sort of concept, that these things are going to happen just by being a human. But what happens afterwards in response to that first start, that first arrow, is We tell ourselves a story. We make it mean something about ourselves. We add to the suffering because of the darts and the arrows we begin to throw at ourselves. So when it comes to trauma, there is the trauma that happens. This we can see of as pain of being a woman in this world. Should these things happen? No. Do they happen? Yes. But what we do is we make the experience that is already really hard and really challenging and really painful worse 
because of the arrows and the darts that we begin to throw in response to this. I shouldn't have done that. I should have been able to protect myself. Why didn't I speak up? Why did I wear that thing? How could I have prevented that? All these other questions that start to produce feelings of shame, of guilt, of doubt. Oh, it really wasn't that bad, right? The dismissiveness. This is when we begin to add to the suffering by the way that we're thinking about the trauma itself. And this is where, when we're talking about touching the drama in, or the trauma and healing the pain, I want to talk first about these arrows, the additional suffering, because this is the outermost layer of where you begin your journey. Before we even get to the trauma, there is the reaction to the trauma. There is the human suffering that's been placed on top of the trauma. I'm a coach, and maybe it's because I'm a coach, but I love the word container. And I love this word container for many things. But when I start to view my experiences within particular containers, it's such a helpful way for me to learn how this container is impacting my experiences. So in terms of sex, I talk a lot about creating the container for you to be able to bring desire in and bring pleasure in. I teach my clients how to create this container in their bodies, how to create a container in their relationships for more pleasure and playfulness and desire, and just in their lives in general. That is the key to having better sex is creating the proper containers that are conducive for pleasure and desire. When I'm coaching, I also like to think of the container, the one that I'm creating for my clients. What kind of container do they need right now? It helps me get really clear on my intentions when I show up for a session. And my aim is always to create a safe and loving container for my clients, one where they feel really supported, one where they feel safe to be seen, one where they're able to really learn and grow, even if that growth is uncomfortable. So when you're facing your own journey and your own sexual growth journey, whether or not it's involving trauma, but especially when it's involving trauma, I really want you to take this into account. I want you to think about the kind of container you're creating for yourself. How are you creating your own safe space for growth and discomfort, right? Coaching is really where I learned how to do this for myself. I found like how important it was for my growth to create a container that was unconditional love and support and encouragement, a really compassionate container where my own humanity could be held with just this really gentle understanding, this gentle and loving understanding that no matter what I had my own back, even when shit was hard, even when I wanted to run, even when I did run, I would make sure that I showed myself the same understanding and love I would show my very best friend. That same love and understanding that I show for my clients and the same love and understanding that I would show for every single one of you. And that is what I want you to begin to create for yourselves, especially as you embark on this healing journey. Tell yourself exactly what you need to hear, that no matter what, you say, you know what, woman, I got you. I know this is hard. I see you. I love you. Keep 
going. Because when you begin to open up and heal, the safest feelings you're going to have is when you learn how to have your own back, that you will be on your side every single step of the way. It's like following your emotions wherever they might go, like you're following a lever, like you don't want to miss a single thing, as if you're almost holding your own hand along the entire journey. So I encourage you to start there, next to yourself, being with yourself, and then you can start to see the things that are popped up in response to your trauma. You create this safe container to no matter what comes up, you're going to have your own back. And if it's helpful for you, I would recommend thinking of like your very best friend, thinking of somebody that you love so much. And if they were going to come to you with their emotions or their trauma, how would you hold space for them? That's how you might be able to begin to access the idea of a safe container. In that last episode, I mentioned shame, the guilt, the blame, the doubt, all of that stuff. Again, these are the emotions of the additional arrows. And these are the first place that you're going to go and you're going to allow space for in the safe container. It's the stories we tell about ourselves about the traumatic experience itself. There is the trauma and then there is the story about the trauma. This is where all these additional emotions come in that add to the suffering of the entire experience. So seeing what it is you're believing about the trauma and what that's like making it hurt and that's making it worse and being with these emotions, these are the stories we wanna be letting go of. When we're working with trauma, really what we are learning how to do is to create that connection with your body again, right? Within the safe container, you're creating connection with your body. And that connection was severed in a way, right? Because it no longer felt good or it felt safe to be in the body. So we're gently coaxing it back. We're beginning to start with these initial motions, the ones that are more out there on the surface, the ones that are there because of the trauma. So within your safe container, you're doing a couple of things. You're writing a new narrative in response to your trauma and you're meeting the emotions that are there. This is really important to know. You can't create a deeper connection with your body just by thinking new thoughts about your trauma. Is this important? For sure. It absolutely is to begin to write a new narrative. You want to be able to think about your experience in a way that doesn't cause additional pain. You don't want to continue thinking about it in a way that, you know, creates more suffering, that feeling of shame or guilt or whatever is coming up, but that doesn't touch the emotions that are already there. I want you to think about your body like a house for a second. See, I told you a lot of stories, a lot of metaphors in this episode. And there's one room. Let's say that it's your master bedroom and it's the most gorgeous master bedroom you have ever seen. It's luxurious. There's this gilded bathtub. The lighting is just divine. All of the fabrics in there, it's just amazing. And it can bring you all the joy and the pleasure. Now, the problem is this room smells like mold. And it makes it hard to enjoy yourself in there because this moldy smell is so horrible. You do your best, you try and show up, but it's like you can't ignore it. 
and you don't actually even like being in there that much because of the smell. And even though you know it could be amazing to take a bath in that gorgeous hot tub, let's just talk about that for a second, or even sleep in your bed, not you don't really want to because it's like, uh, I don't know, it just feels uncomfortable in there. I feel like I'm always sneezing and I can't breathe very deep and it's just, ugh. Now, over time, the mold is keeps growing and it starts to take over the room and it's becoming really, really problematic. Before it was just like this whiff and now it's like you're choking, you can't breathe, you can't even really be in there. It's just blasting you in the face every time you open the door and it's even starting to creep into other rooms. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to tend to the mold. You need to take a look at where it's creeping. We know the mold is caused by something, right? It's probably caused by that leak in the roof. So there are a few things we need to work on. We need to work on cleaning the mold up itself, getting it out of the room, and then repairing the leak. So in this analogy, I hope it's obvious, but that this gorgeous master suite is your sexuality. It's your genitals. It's your body. It's this place in the source that could provide so much joy and luxurious delight and playfulness. And the mold is your emotions. There are the emotions like shame and guilt and doubt and blame. They're growing and like clouding up the room and making it really, really hard, if not totally impossible, to enjoy the room and even just your whole house in general. And the reason the mold is there is because the cracks in the leaves in up in the roof. These are your thoughts and your stories. So to help you remedy the room, again, you have to clean up the mold. You got to probably replace some of those walls. You have to tend to the emotions. And then there's the reparation of the cracks themselves. This is writing new narratives. This is writing a new story in response to your trauma. If you simply think new thoughts or rewrite your narrative, that's wonderful. We need to do that. It needs to be done, right? It's going to keep more water from leaking into this room, but it doesn't take care of the stench. It doesn't actually even touch the mold. So we tend to the emotions. We tend to the emotions that are there as a result of your pattern thinking. You learn how to be with the shame in your body. You meet the doubt or whatever is cropping up in the body. Let the emotions be seen in the safe container you've created and be with the sensation. Notice what it is you feel when you're tapping into these emotions. When we are with emotions, it's really important to remember that they're sensations. There's like literal sensations that are you know, coupled with these emotions. It might be that sinking feeling in your stomach. It might be that tightening in your chest. There's actual sensations. And it's important when you're working with emotions and helping them process that you meet the sensations rather than the story. Every time our mind starts going into the story more, then we move away from the body. You're going back up onto the roof trying to repair the leak instead of being in your body and working on clearing out the mold, okay? So really stay with it. Stay with the energy that's showing up in your body. 
Because any time that we pop right back up into your brain and your brain is going to want to do this because it's safer up in your brain, then you just want to encourage it to come back. And you are using your brain. You're giving it something to focus on, but the focus is with the sensation. Your awareness is on the body itself. And it might feel a bit uncomfortable at first. You might even notice yourself like wanting to repel and get out of there. And just remember that you can still stay connected to the body and stay connected to the sensation. And at any time, if it gets too uncomfortable, then you can just move to a different part of your body. This is something that I do all the time with my clients. It's like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to do a soft touch on it. And then we're going to come back. We're going to come back to this place where it feels luxurious in your body. Now, you can do this process in a number of different ways. You can do it self-directed. You can do it with a coach. You can do it with a therapist. You can do it through guided meditation, through body work, through breath work. There's a number of different ways that you can do this work of processing these stored emotions. But the process is always going to look very similar. It's letting the emotions be seen, keeping your awareness and your attention and your love in the body, keeping that connection, staying with the sensation, and then letting those emotions move and express themselves how they will. This is a very simplified explanation, but it's the backbone really of what is going on. Sometimes the emotions might be too hot, like I was saying, and there's this dance between yourself of like leaning in and leaning out and leaning in and leaning out. Just be open to the fact that it might look, you know, not just like, okay, step one, step two, and you're just going straight through the steps. It might be a little bit all over the place, and that's totally fine. But again, this is just the backbone. This is the simplified ex- like explanation of what's going on. Then, of course, the other part, other than dealing with the emotions, is deciding how you want to think about the trauma. This is us patching up the roof. It's rewriting your story you've been telling yourself. Usually there are a few parts of the story that are holding you back. The parts that we've mentioned a lot, the things that you could have done differently or that you did this to yourself or it wasn't that bad or all of this sort of thing, right? And then there is also the victim story. And I really use victim lightly here because if you were hurt, then you're definitely a victim, right? This is the experience of having something done to you. You're a victim in that experience. But that's not what I mean, okay? What I'm meaning is if we're always feeling like a victim, we're feeling powerless even now later in our life, that's the victim mentality we want to let go of. That's the victim mentality we can leave behind and move into this more empowered place. Yes, this happened to me, but I am still moving forward. I'm not going to let this hold me back from connecting with my body in a pleasurable way. I'm not going to let this experience keep me from connecting with my partner now at the level that I want to. You decide how you want to think and look back on this, but remembering you aren't trying to get to a place where you even have to love what happened right? I know that's sometimes what other people might say. We have to just love what happened and we should just be in all this place of forgiveness. And also you don't need to do any of that if you don't want to. The important thing really for you to see here is how what you're thinking and the story that you're saying about the trauma itself is making you feel. 
And for me, I found that the most useful thoughts are really ones that are just more neutral about the situation. And I continue to encourage myself moving forward. It reminds me of my strength and my love for myself. Like these things happen for sure, but I'm a strong and resilient woman. I am whole and I'm going to continue to love myself to my fullest capability no matter what comes up. I love to remember, like remind myself, I'm not alone. I'm fully supported. Now, the last thing you want to do while moving through the trauma is to fill yourself up with all the good stuff. We don't talk about this as much as we should, in my opinion. And this is why I really believe that pleasure is not a necessity to begin with because it creates the buffer for when things are really hard, just like this. It's the balm to the pain. It's the honey to your sore throat. And as you're doing this work, it's important to juice yourself up in the process. Use your mind to connect with powerful memories or even imagine scenarios that are filled with love and support and joy and happiness and pleasure. Do things also in your life to bring you pleasure. For me, it's always been going out in nature, just being still and connecting in nature or hiking out there and just letting the balm of nature fill me up. It brings me so much pleasure and it is so soothing anytime I'm going through a hard thing. That might be the same case for you. Perhaps it's for you, it's adding in some soothing baths or massage, cuddles with your pet, with your kiddos, with your friends, with whomever, just snuggling up and cozying up. Let yourself truly soak in the good. Actually plan for this. If you're going to go and do the work of moving through your trauma, also plan for pleasure, right? Plan for a pleasure infusion. Let it just soak into your body and carry you along just like it's like a mother rocking her baby. You want to allow your container to feel so safe and so compassionate and so soothing as you're doing this work. I am so proud of you all for listening to this episode and being able to show up for you. I know it can be scary, but hopefully that this episode kind of showed you what it could look like. It outlined the process of beginning to face your trauma. And it's been my absolute pleasure to share some of these ideas and these tools for you as you begin your own journey. Feeling whole and delicious and connected with your own body is your birthright And it can be scary. And this work might feel a little like anxious and anxiety, right? But it's so worth it on the other side. And usually I hear so many clients and women I speak to that have moved through this, look back and they're like, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And it was so worth the effort because of where I'm at now. I'm sending you all my love. And just as a reminder, don't forget to take care of yourself. Put your hand on your heart. Take a lot of deep breaths. And if you would like to get this sensational sex starter kit, make sure you write that review and you'll be automatically entered to also receive the most incredible gift box. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure. Have a lovely week and I'll talk to you next time.